I know people talked about Nico Marchiol decommitting, um, at, at, you know, using those guys as, as an example of failure of, of, the, of the Midnight Madness deal when they, in my opinion, couldn't be more wrong with, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, the Nico stuff was set in motion when AJ Duffy committed. Um, and for me, in my, in my opinion, um, you know, based off what we've talked about, you know, in, in our group chat and things that, you know, um, are being said and heard, or, or you know, around the, around the way, you know, that, that was a major success. Is there any uh, latest with Destin Hill that we know of? Because that's kind of been a hot topic as of last week. He has not yet enrolled into FSU. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are finally, finally back after a little break. A lot of personal things going on, a lot of technical things going on, a whole new stream set up. But we are back live. We got almost the whole crew here. Carlos was just with us, but he's got some personal things while in the production meeting he was dealing with, or he would have been here with us. But right now, we got practically the whole crew. We got Dustin Lewis, our lead writer and editor, with us up there in the top left. We got Langston Shoes. I don't, I don't know who that is. Oh, Nate Greer, at Nate Greer 26 here with us at the bottom left, lead recruiting insider. And Austin Vizi, lead basketball writer, also has some new breaking news this this evening that we'll talk about later on. But, gentlemen, what's going on? New stream setup. What's up? Yeah, it's been 16 days. I'm glad you could you know, finally do some upgrades. Couldn't get that mic here, though. No, you're not getting that mic until you be nice to me. Couldn't give me that one-day shipping. You got me like that 30-day shipping. Wow. The more work you put in, Lou, the more of a bigger budget we'll be able to spend on you. It's been so long since we did a podcast that I was sick last time we did a podcast. I got better, and then now I'm sick again, so appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a little bit. Uh, Links and shoes, pots and pans. What's up? What's up, man? I, I hate this stream, by the way. I think it's I think it's bullshit, but let's go for it. Wow, that is rude of you. We left Zoom and now we're over here on StreamYard. There's a lot of advanced stuff we can do. I can move you. Look, I can put you here in front of everybody. I can even move around a few things. We can do this. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. You like that? Yeah, move your hair around a little bit more. You should put Nate Greer, Nate Greer better shoes than Michael Langston. <laughs> I mean, to be Wait, fair, I think a lot of people have better shoes than Michael Langston. That Face might is blocked be out on this graphic. Yeah, 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 you're like, yeah, we're not really missing anything. But uh, 
Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're advanced over here, but, uh, yeah. So hope everybody enjoyed this. So just a little update here. You'll be able to comment live and we'll be able to show it down at the bottom with you guys. Shout out to Eric here. We're going to be able to engage with you guys. So if you guys have questions throughout the stream, you'll be able to uh, hang out with us, ask questions. We'll be able to an answer them live. Either if you're watching from Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, it's going to be very interactive heading into the rest of this off season, but uh, we're, we're very excited about the new upgrade we did here. A little fancy. We're getting a little fancy on everybody right now. Um, but yeah, it's been 16 days. Everybody, how, how have y'all been? Everything good? Chilling. Just chilling. If you, you stop muting me, I can talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. There's noises back there. I have to like mute it for a second. Who cares, man? We, as we talked about, this is real life. <laughs> Okay, I got kids. I got a family. Uh, if they if they want to make noise, I'm not going to make them a mute. <laughs> I'm going to get you a recording. So you or ne- Have you? I saw that you <laughs> tweeted that you're a sick. Are you faking it? Yeah. So, nah. So not work got me sick. I think it's either like a chest cold or bronchitis. Uh oh, dude! It's yeah, all those bone and wings. Shit. All those bone and wings you've been eating. Your body's not used to it. Correct. You know, my body's not true. used to poison. Oh, man. Here we go. My, body, my, my, my body's not used to poisoning itself by eating bone-in wings. Please start the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. So let's jump into it. As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify. A lot of stuff to talk about. Let's jump into it right now. Midnight Madness. That was the biggest thing. Uh, what? Shoot. Now it's been a little bit, but... You know, Midnight Madness was huge. You know, a lot of people have already talked about it, but Mike Norvell opened up the doors at 12.01 when the recruiting period restrictions were taken away, and boom, they had music playing. They had photo shoots going on. They went outside and inside Dope Campbell Stadium. Uh, Mike Norvell was able to show off his new ride, which we kind of got tipped off early on. If you guys were in our Discord, you knew about it a little bit earlier earlier on, but the new ride that he actually bought on his own budget and he actually uh, didn't affect the recruiting budget and it looks pretty sweet. Y'all think the ride's pretty cool? I think it's different than what you find in other schools. And, you know, as I, I think we talked about at some point, you got to find what makes you stand out a little bit differently and, and until Florida State can get W's on the field, they got to do things that create a little bit of attention, a little bit of interest in what they're doing. And it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, drive around Tallahassee in a, in a slingshot that's decorated up all Florida State and you throw on a Florida State helmet. I think it's a pretty cool idea. I mean, there's no harm to it. Um, you know, the fact that he paid for it himself tells you, you know, how bought in he is to the idea. So um, let's go. It's unique, but, you know, I'm just wondering how fast are they driving in this thing? Like, how are you showing it off? From what I was told, Mike Norvell is using this stuff as obviously a recruiting tool, but he's going to be taking them around campus, around Tallahassee, showing them a few does unique things. Does even have things. I'm sure it does. Are you worried? I mean, yeah, are man, you, you got a, a five-star recruit in the car. I want them to be safe. <laughs> <laughs> VZ, would you, rock, would you roll in it? Absolutely not. 
Whoa, what? It's a jet ski on wheels. That thing is ugly. Wow. I think it's a, I think it's a neat idea. I just it's not my thing. Not not your kind of thing. That's okay. That's fine. Brian Kelly, Nate obviously didn't think it was a cool thing. What do you think about that shot from him? Nate or what what um, Brian Kelly tweet? He tweeted something about that we don't need cool rides or cool cars or whatever yeah, to get whatever. uh commits. Yeah, coming from a guy who who killed someone. Um, you know, that should <laughs> You know, under his watch, has someone die under his watch because he didn't want to take him off the the scaffold in order to film practice, and he falls off of it. But let's just listen to Brian Kelly. You know, he has he has as much right to say anything as much as Urban Meyer had a write, writing a book about whatever bullshit he wrote about before um, when he faked his heart attack at UF about discipli- disciplining players or whatever it was. So Brian Kelly can. Eat a full bag of them, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to find uh, your tweet here that you put up, Nate. I'm trying to find it so I can show it to everybody on the uh, stream here. Can do you remember what you said with that tweet? What uh, What about like this coming from someone who who has someone die under their watch? Yeah, yeah. That one? I loved yeah, it. I mean, Come on, that. man. Pretty... Hey, he really kills it, though. He really does, doesn't he? Yeah. He kills but, it with this program. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I hope that – I wish nothing but failure for, for Brian Kelly. He's up there with, with Urban Meyer and <laughs> Steve Spurrier. And, um, yeah, he's up there for me in that, in that pantheon of just douchebag coaches. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I agree. Um, but moving on from this, going back into a little bit of Midnight Madness, seems like it was a pretty good success. You got to see Jaleel Skinner come. We'll talk about Kane Madden here in a minute. But you got to see a lot of these big-time targets come in. You also got your big guys, your big recruiting tools. With uh, You've got uh, Travis Hunter. You've also got Sean McCall, who are two five-stars committed into the 2022 class in attendance. Um, who else, Nate? It's Sam McCall, not Sean McCall. I know. I keep on saying Sean McCall, but Sam McCall. Rodney uh, Hill is there. He's been doing a lot of recruiting for Florida State, um, like on campus and through social media. So, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot probably of guys. The, probably the biggest visitor was Julian Armella. Yeah, talk a little bit about that for, one, Nate, because it seemed like a little kind of surprise that he was in attendance. I, I I think that it is surprising that he attended with the direction the recruitment had supposed to be been going. Um, so to get get it to get him to come up there was a a big time W for for Nova and his staff. So I, I think that with uh, with Florida State, you know, with him, it's all about can they show it on the field and show the direction. I think that what they can do connecting with recruits off the field, what Atkins can do. I think that, you know, they've shown that and I think if I showed a little bit more on the visit, but you know, he's one of those recruits that, you know, he, he wants to see that, uh, that progression. So, um, you know, but for a guy who really hadn't talked much about Florida state and he's right there at 12 one, I think that says really a lot about, you know, where Florida state sits and, and, and how they are, are with him and his recruitment at this moment. So 
And, and I, I think of, you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you can mention Marvin Jones Jr. You know, they needed to get him up there. Um, you know, so while he's probably been a little bit more than Julian, you know, probably been a lot more than Julian Armella, um, you still would like to get, you know, Marvin Jones Jr. there for that visit. Agree. And, you know, sticking with Armella, I think him coming up for that visit on the open or as the dead period was lifted, that really, at least in, in the eyes of FSU, I think that that makes him a little bit more attainable. And really the next key to me is getting him for an official visit. He's already, he went to one on LSU last weekend. I believe he's going to Bama either this weekend or later this month. So FSU needs to get on that list as well. I, I fully expect him to play a part. Um, supposedly the dad, it, it, you know, supposedly he's living with dad again and, and the dad wants, you know, him at Florida state, but that doesn't always win out. So it's going to be an interesting uh, recruitment to follow. Um, yeah. So I, I think overall it was great. You know, you could talk about, you know, Gabe Harris decommitting. Uh, I think that, you know, coming from a 2023 kid who, um, you know, probably committed without the, the lack of visits, um, still is struggling considering Florida State, but goes to a camp in, in Ohio State and just dominates it. Um, and, and he's going to he's gonna blow up on the national scene. So, you know, Florida State's got to be able to stay in that recruitment, and I think they will. I don't think a decommitment necessarily means that he doesn't end up back with them, but you can't necessarily be upset. I know people talked about Nico Marchiol decommitting, um, at, at, you know, using those guys as, as an example of failure of, of, the, of the Midnight Madness deal when they, in my opinion, couldn't be more wrong with, mm-hmm. um, you, know, you know, the Nico stuff was set in motion when A.J. Duffy committed. Um, and for me, in my, in my opinion, um, you know, based off what we've talked about, you know, in, in our group chat and things that, you know, um, or being said and heard, or, or you know, around the, around the way, you know that that was a major success. And you talk about, you know, getting Elijah Pritchett on campus. You're talking about getting Armella. You're talking about the guys who were there. You're talking about the, you know, getting Coleman there as the the first place he visits, the top receiver in the country. Come on, man. To to even remotely think that that whole thing what what was a failure I, I just think it, it is pure on trolling at this point yeah it's trolling most certainly uh-oh you were muted, muted there uh-oh you muted yourself i think nate i said julio skinner probably you know possibly sealed the deal on that visit so you know just because people didn't publicly publicly commit, and I think we we talked a little bit about that on the Uncoffee Call podcast about how you know just because people don't publicly commit right at the moment doesn't mean it's a, it's a failure. You know, we you talk to people and there's a lot of positivity coming from that that experience. So you know, you got guys coming in two to three times now since this happened. So let, let's all relax and let it play out. And Bishop Thomas too, another uncommitted prospect that came in on that visit. There, you know, there's a good chance he could commit to Florida State before the start of his senior season. 
Yeah, I was going to talk about Jaleel Skinner. He was with Travis Hunter that whole entire week, practically. They were staying in room together, practically holding hands, walking in the moor every time. And it seemed like he really enjoyed his visit. As we know, I think earlier yesterday, we saw that Skinner was over there with UF. Who are the kind of the teams for Jaleel Skinner as he was just now promoted to uh, or it was ranked now the number one tight end in the country for his class is what are the teams really to watch out for? If you know, he is maybe an FSU lean, who's the guys to watch out Alabama? Is it Florida, Florida and Clemson probably, but yeah, he said himself, he grew up a Florida state fan and coming on that visit is a dream come true. Um, you know, coming into the, to the recruitment, a lot of people thought it was going to be Clemson and then Florida is really trying to push the whole, Kyle Pitts part two thing because Florida can't drum up their own originality when they recruit. It's always part two or you're this person all over again because they're so unoriginal. So let's just call him Kyle Pitts. But, you know, I think that's who you you really look at right now is, you know, those couple of schools. Agreed. I think it's over. You think it's over with Jaleel? Yeah. I mean, in Florida, who's going to be throwing to you? <laughs> Sorry. Who's going to be throwing you to, to you? you, that, you that's you why that, Eric Gilbert didn't want to go. He saw Emory Jones throwing the football. And he's yeah, like, I mean, Bye. yeah, he's he, he, he about to say he got out of Dodge. You know, mm-hmm. and you got that guy on PFF, whatever, you know, disrespecting that side by saying Emory Jones is going to be a top five traffic or whatever whatever nonsense he put out there Wait, what was that they put he put out a tweet it, a while ago from high, pff yeah. said that that uh he projects uh emory jones to blow up a la um mac jones or joe burrow and be a top five nfl pick or some stupid thing like that <laughs> it's all like a, a mock draft someone did where he, he went like top 10 to the eagles and it just makes off of sense. what off of what? Was I seeing something that I don't know? It wasn't Kyle Trask out there 95% of the time and then Emory's thrown in there to just give him a couple breathers? I don't yeah, know. What, uh, honestly. What drug are people, what drug are if, people on? If Emory Jones is a top five, top five NFL pick, that would make Dan Mullen the greatest offensive coach of all time. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that, I, don't, I don't know. He, like, he's honestly worse than, like, as a thrower. He's bad. He's let's not talk about Florida. Yeah, you know, screw Florida. This is a Florida State podcast, man. Let's yeah. talk about links yeah. and shoes. <laughs> That's your name on here. Uh, no, going back. It's going to change every week, too. Oh, God. I'm sure we'll have roasts about us soon on here. D. Lou, you were talking uh, quite a bit with Rodney Hill during his whole time and experience during the week that he was at FSU. What did he say to you? Anything kind of tidbits there? How was his experience? How was kind of like the the flow of everything, motions, the vibe? I mean, mainly he was just telling me that he had a great time. You know, he he came in on Monday, you know, went to the Midnight Madness. So what, Tuesday at midnight? And then he ended up staying all the way until Sunday and left whenever the mega camp was beginning. So 
he was on campus throughout the entire week. And, you know, a lot of uncommitted um, targets came through. You know, the guys that were at Midnight Madness, Nate, you mentioned Pritchett. And there was um, the Georgia guy. I don't know how you say his name. Is it Tyree West? Am I saying it right? I think so. But um, so there were some other guys that came through. And Rodney was up there along with Travis Hunter. And, you know, they were recruiting them, but they weren't pushing too hard. Just, you know, trying to show them why they're committed to Florida State and that they should get give FSU a look. So, and and on his end, you know, he had a really good time. It was actually his, his first chance to meet the coaches in person. I'm actually hoping to get on the phone and do a full interview with him tomorrow sometime. So things, I mean, like Nate was saying, I don't think, the whole Nico, we, we haven't really touched on this really. I don't think we've been given a chance to talk about it, but it, you were hearing things too, Delu, on this, and Nate was. But you know, Nico Marco not probably sticking with FSU, and we had predicted this a couple of weeks ago. You know, it seems like Florida State feels fine with where they're at with AJ Duffy. But how you know, it seemed such kind of like an awkward kind of decommitment. There wasn't really released by him. It was told by another outlet and other things like that. It just felt a little weird. And you know, I was getting texts all throughout. Uh, that night and saying, what's going on? This is crazy. Nico Marco. I'm like, well, this was kind of something that was in the works a little bit. And, you know, you should have known this right after Nico Marco, after AJ Duffy committed, Nico was tweeting quite a bit about going, looking forward to going visiting other places and all that kind of such. If he's going to be your lead kind of bell count recruiting class, you don't like seeing that from your quarterback. Uh, yeah, just uh, go ahead. <laughs> You're muted, but it seemed like in the in the weeks following the spring. I game, said, la- "Ladies first. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like maybe um, Nico got word that Duffy would be coming on at the spring game, and then in the weeks following the spring game, he was just a little bit, I would say, noticeably silent on social media, not really supporting FSU as much when he had been, you know, vocal every day, all day. And then he was randomly silent. And then at the same time, you know, I was told that he wasn't being as active in the um, commitment group chat anymore. So, and then when, when Duffy committed, I mean, it just kind of stayed in that same vein. He wasn't really as connected as he was before. And, you know, I, I don't remember when he decommitted. I've been working so much. Was it last week or the week before? But either way, the the day that he decommitted, actually got a text um, a couple hours before it went out public on Twitter and was told that he had left the group chat. So from there, I was like, okay, well, he's going to decommit sometime soon. I mean, you guys know what happened from there. 247 put it out. Yeah. I put a full breakdown in the Discord of everything I heard mm-hmm. on Nico from, what, March to his decommitment. So check that out if you haven't yet. That Eric, um, I, I don't think that I don't buy that he had a falling out with Coach Dillingham. You know, when we had him on the podcast and everything, um, I think that you know that relationship was too strong for that to happen. Um, I'm not going to bash the kid. Um, you know, he made a decision that's best for himself. I just don't like the implication that Florida State disrespected him. I just don't. I, I don't feel that. I don't see that. Um, it doesn't make sense for um, someone to publicly 
purposefully a lot of times say, you know, I've known about two quarterbacks. They've communicated with me. They've made it a point. I, I have relationships with the guys that you know, they're looking at and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But all of a sudden things change. Um, you know, two and two don't add up here. So, you know, at the end of the day, he made a decision for himself. You know, Florida State has the better quarterback committed, um, far and away the better quarterback committed, and, and let's just keep it moving. Yeah, it just definitely did feel weird with the fallout kind of thing happening there. I, I thought this would have been a little bit more of the tweet goes out, decommitted, and that kind of such. It was a little weird by him. And, you know, we've had him on the show too, and he was a, a working bell cow for that class, but it seems like after A.J. Duffy committed, he felt like, you know, some things weren't straight with him and the staff maybe, but, you know, he's off, you know, visiting. He's already taken a few uh, visits already. So uh, best of luck to him. You know, he, he came on here with, with class and was uh, had a good conversation yeah. with him whenever he was on here. So, you know, best of luck to him. And, you know, this is, this is a world of recruiting though. And that's what I kept on telling people that were texting me. This is the world of recruiting. I know it's kind of, we're starting to get back into the run of it. This is how it is. And, you know, we had a break after a year of a lot of this stuff, but we're, we're fully back and things like this is going to happen. Do you think Nate that Florida state feels fine with one uh, quarterback heading with that class in 2022? Uh, I think it depends on what happens with Tate and Chuba and, you know, quite frankly, right now, I think their targets they liked are committed elsewhere. So it's a kind of a decision. You wait and see what emerges um, over the, the summer and, and fall. You know, if a guy emerges that they like, do you consider taking a second? Um, and they're looking to take two for a reason. Um, you know, things, there's, all, there's only one ball. Uh, there's only one football. And, you know, things, things happen. So, you know, I don't expect Florida State to, to keep Jordan Travis, Chubba Purdy, Tate Rodemaker, A.J. Duffy. I, I don't expect it. I think something happens, and you have to look at another option at some point to keep that depth in that room. Try to think of anything else with uh, Kevin Coleman. Big time. Big time wide receiver target, five star, close with AJ Duffy. They were hand in hand during the visit there. Uh, would love Florida State and Mike Norvell and Kenny Dillingham. Uh, would love Dugans, would love to get him to seal up his commitment uh, and stick with Florida State. Anything, any kind of things we've been hearing on that? He obviously, we talked about it a couple months ago in April that he really enjoyed. His time at the spring game, and it was uh, was around a few of already FSU commits at the time. Kevin Coleman, you know, anything on the latest with him? So, in my opinion, I feel like Coleman himself is actually pretty sold on FSU and what they can offer him and the coaching staff as well. And this visit seemed, you know, to have him back on campus is huge as well. But to get his parents up here, and to have them face to face with the coaching staff and to be able to discuss the plan that they have for Coleman and what they can do for him because his dad is I wanna I I don't know if it's been publicly, but his dad seems like he's kind of pushing him towards Alabama and FSU is gonna need to be able to win over the parents to win this recruitment. Uh what what's he uh Destin Hill? 
um, Kevin Coleman come, becomes that much more important. You know, for me, he'd be number two right now uh, behind Marvin Jones Jr. as the most important recruit in the class because you need that elite guy for, that's going to be there for three to four years. Um, you know, McLean showed some stuff during spring. Don't know yet if he's going to be a high-level guy. Um, whereas a Destin Hill definitely flashed that he can be that true number one, Jamar Chase, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith type wide receiver. And I think um, Coleman is in that same kind of class. So you miss, if something happens with Hill and he doesn't show up and something is delayed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I think you know Coleman becomes that much more vital to this class. He's already important, but um, having a, a Destin Hill in your back pocket uh, makes that possible miss um, not hurt not hurt as much. We were hearing a lot of positive things too about Kevin Coleman, like I was mentioning earlier when he came to the spring game, and I think it's it's I think I've been talking about it too this whole. Th- class in 2023 maybe but i think it's really going to start depending on what goes on on the field this upcoming season is it going to be competitive with a lot of these games is this what helps seal a lot of these guys i mean i feel like that's just how it's going to be i mean definitely for your five stars but your targets that you're after if you're not looking competitive and you're going to this notre dame game and you're not seeing any kind of progress or anything and mike norvell is trying to sell this sell this message and it's not you know, and you're not seeing an actual product on the field uh, that he's been preaching. Like, how, how, I feel like that's something that may be hindering some of these guys. Is there any uh, latest with Destin Hill that we know of? Because that's kind of been a hot topic as of last week. He has not yet enrolled into FSU former four-star wide receiver out of Louisiana. Florida State was able to hold on to him and grab him and sign with the Seminoles. What we've heard, there's just different kind of things all over the place with this whole story, but some certain things, personal things holding back. You know, even before he was signing, we were hearing some personal things were going on, Nate. But any kind of latest with him? Uh, Should we even expect to see him for fall camp? That's kind of the big question mark here because that is a huge, that'd be a, big loss for that wide receiver rim head in this upcoming season because he was going to be an instant impact kind of guy you know he's not going to start day one he he has a talent in my opinion but he was going to be utilized quite a bit this upcoming year it's just way too talented any kind of latest on him well you know the initial word was thought to be you know grades that's not the case you know it's it's other stuff um you know and, and it was Reporter supposedly he was very active in spring, and by that I mean he was participating in meetings, watching film, talking to the coaches via Zoom. So I think that you know he was doing the work beforehand in order to get ready for for immediate contribution. Um, but the longer it's delayed and the longer it's pushed back, the lo- the longer it takes for him to get on the field. Jared's asking here, are any of our commits, <clears throat> current commits, heavily entertaining other schools? Do you, any other com, current commits entertaining other places that you know of? 
So I would I would say when you look at the 2022 class right now, the guys that are verbally committed, all of them are are extremely solid with where they're at. The guys that you know maybe had a chance of decommitting have have already done so at this point. Uh, I agree with that. You know, I think that who's committed right now is locked in. Um, you know, I, I don't foresee any 2022 kids decommitting. Um, I, I think they have a, a good base to what the, where they're at with the class. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of high-hanging fruit that's available that Florida State has a legitimate good shot at. So I think they just build on that class. Gotcha. Trying take to take this thing off my face. <clears throat> no, I'm trying to hide your face. It actually, this thing is coming in handy really well. This thing is working out really well. Uh, going back and you know, kind of finalizing Midnight Madness and FSU's big recruiting week in total. The big hit was the white helmets, which look pretty damn sweet in my opinion. I'm young. I like all different kinds of changes. I, I still love the gold helmets, so don't come after me. Don't put a gun to my head, please. Don't, don't do it. But I have really liked uh, the white helmets. I've got a little thing here. I can show them off if I have it ready. Yeah, I do. You don't even right know how here. to use these new features. I'm trying. It's just the first time. Give me a break. Uh, but here's the the new uh, FSU white helmets. From what we've been told. Uh, they're not ready for game use. That's all I can say. But uh, for recruiting tools, it's worked out very well, I think. Nate, they you feeling cool. them? I, I like them. You said they're they're litty uh, forgetty, Austin. Austin's a fashion guru. He's the shoe good. guy. He, you go. We take advice from Austin here, but I mean, the all white uniforms are already one of our uh, best. You put that with white helmets. Yeah, I think it's phenomenal. Uh, I, I think it's the best uniform combination. I love the all-white. I think the helmet clearly is – they spend time on that helmet. It's not – you know, I think the black the black and, you know, garnet two-tone helmet is ugly. Uh, I think the black helmet is not that great, I, but this white helmet is a great alternative. I, I like the spear. I, it, I like the face mask. It's just a great combination. It, the the color combinations, everything is is, is awesome. I, I know Notre Dame is a home game. Uh, I'd love to whip those out for game one, but someone else responded on um, Twitter. You know, what about North Carolina? That's a great point. That'd be that'd be a a big game to to whip those uniforms out. Yeah, they're they're gorgeous. I'd love all white. We'll see if they do end up being uh, a game ready helmet. Like I said, right now, this is just a recruiting tool for Florida State and Mike Norvell to utilize that. But, you know, I'm wondering, too, we, we saw tons of photo shoots. You know, I can bring up some here, but we saw tons of photo shoots with all different kind of combinations. We got to see new ones, too. I'm all about it. It works good on the gram. Get more likes. Uh, the kids were loving it. Uh, but we got to see a lot of these guys doing it. We didn't. This is my favorite. I got to say the all black with the gold helmet. We haven't seen it used in a long time. I think since Leon Washington played, it's been what, since 2000, what, Nate, eight, 2009, 2008. It's been a minute. The all black and the gold lids are the, are the best in my opinion. I got to see it. I think it's clean. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw those against Notre Dame. Yeah, I agree. All black gold helmet. I wouldn't be surprised if that's, if you saw a breakout then. 
And speaking of this guy right here, uh, Ba actually just got moved up to a composite four-star two, per 247 Sports. So now Florida State does indeed have a four-star offensive line commit. Uh, 6'6", 330, if I'm correct. 6'6", 330, big boy. He's been uh, kind of a bell cow. He's been recruiting quite a bit on Twitter. He's been very active the last couple of uh, – this last week. Very active. I think you might see a couple guys join him next month. I think so. Hey, this uh, was a – Yeah, I, I, I think you might see – you know, I, I have an interview. I've been really slacking on typing up the the updates I, I have, um, but you know, I talked to him after you know his time at Florida State, in between his official visit, and you know, there's a he talked about the renewed presence of Florida State at IMG, and how he feels that you know Florida State's not done at IMG maybe for this year and into the future. And, and as we know, if you follow me on Twitter. At Nate Greer twenty six, don't don't mind the links and shoes. It's right after that, but you know they have a running back, Stacy Gage, who I think is is the best freshman I've seen since Chris Leak. You know, so when I, when I lived mm. in Charlotte, you know, I, I knew his brother CJ, and, and watching this kid just be a monster in high school. You know, he he was just on on another level, but I think Stacy Gage is probably the best freshman I've seen since since Chris Leak. So. You know, and Florida State is done a great job to cement themselves, at, you know, in, into his recruitment, even though he's a, a 2024 and there's a lot of time left. Uh, but that kid is, when you use the word elite, that kid is elite as a running back. So, you know, very excited to watch him grow. You know, being right down the street from ING, I can you know, watch him play a few times, but that kid is special. I thought this was a pretty interesting tweet here. From Travis Hunter, uh, tweeting about Mike Norvell showing a lot of love. There is some, you know, people out there, and you know, it's still it's obviously it's a kid in his recruitment, but some people wondering if he's going to really stick with Florida State. But this was something pretty interesting to kind of kill that whole conversation. Uh, talking about Mike Norvell, that I thought was good. If you want to get coached by somebody that's going to push you to the limit, make sure you have the best version of yourself and what you to succeed in life. Mike Norvell is that coach. Can't thank him enough. How big is that? I mean, that, that is the, <laughs> you, you don't find him anywhere else. This is, this is your guy, Nate. You don't find this kind of stuff anywhere else. Um, I think it just shows that he's bought in. And I mean, he believes in Mike Norvell. I mean, you can just see it with, how hard he recruits for Florida State in person, you know, these last these last however many days he was on campus and also on social media all the time. And I mean, it's been consistent from the very moment he committed to Florida State. You know, he's never he's never wavered in that commitment. And I mean, honestly, I'd say it feels like he's locked in more than ever right now. You know, when you have the best player in the last three classes committed, that's going to catch people's attention. And the fact that, one, he is so active on social media. Two, he's so active on visits. Uh, three, he participates in camps. He's competitive as all as all can be. And, and people just latch on to him. So, you know, when you have a guy like that committed, it, it, it changes a lot because it, it, it's very much like a LaMarcus Joyner 
is it, it changes that belief and it changes that that thought, hey, you know, if they got a guy like 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 Travis Hunter, you know, maybe I should consider that 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 school too. And that's why I think you see a, a guy like Sam McCall who just canceled his visit to South Carolina. I think that, you know, you're gonna start to see more kids shut it down for their class and really lock into the recruitment part. But you know, I, I've said a lot about Travis Hunter, and I'm going to say it every single podcast that we do, you know, just how good that kid is. Um, you know, it, 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 if he could play two years and be out, he should. He's that good. I'm sorry. You can call that a hype. That kid, that kid is on a, on a different level. Mm-hmm. And he does it with pads on. We've seen all kinds of updates and videos and highlights on the Pad, gram and Twitter pants, about shorts. him without pants. Yeah, Everywhere. without pads. And then he has a spring game, and it just kind of just looks easy for a little bit there. Yeah, so so you know, let, let's talk about that for a second. So in, in, in shorts, he just physically dominates you, you know, with, with these acrobatic catches. Like, you, you know, he just mesmerizes you. And then in, in pads, he takes a screen pass. You know, makes two cuts and he's gone. Like, yeah, just runs right just, by you. Yeah, like so. Like the speed, it like he looks even faster with pads on. Like his game speed looks even faster than you would in seven on seven. And granted, seven on seven is very kind of, in my opinion, um, kind of jumbled together. You know, you're playing on a smaller field. You, you know, you have a lot of guys around you. It's a smaller. Smaller, smaller space, but you know, here's a guy that when you put pads on, he just looks even better. So, I I, I know rivals who, you know, whatever, uh, rated him, rated him as number two. At least they're halfway smart and close to putting him as number one. Give him his props, man. He deserves it. He, yep. He's the best player in the country. He's. He's incredible, man, and it's good. Just good to see him. He's I don't. <laughs> he's almost like a week and a half. He was at FSU helping recruit. It felt like, yep, a huge recruiting tool, gigantic recruiting tool. And like I said, for guys like Jalil Skinner and also Kevin Coleman being their big time targets, and you also have Armella. Uh, it was it was a big time, big time to have him there. He, he's huge. I want to go through a question here. This is for Lou and also Nate. Uh, from Ray Rowe asking what linebackers do, does Florida state have a chance at getting any kind of updates on that front? So you've actually got one guy coming in this weekend on an official visit. That's Omar Graham. And then, I mean, there, there's some other guys on the board. I think FSU is still trying to figure out, you know, where the interest is mutual. Um, there's Wesley, the saint. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying it right. EJ Lightsey. Um, there's, I mean, there's some guys on the board. Uh, I'm a big Danger fan of escaping me. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of uh, the Martin kid from Georgia. You know, if you've been following me on Twitter, I talked about him a little bit on the Mark Rogers podcast too. You know, the kid is just extremely athletic. Um, the dude from Lee County. Yeah, just you yeah. need to watch. Go go watch his highlight film. I mean, he's on a different level in terms of you know. The sideline, the sideline, the the instincts you can see him are there. No false steps, you know. It comes comes with violence. I, I like him a, a ton. I I I don't think um, they're done yet with the kid that committed to Georgia Tech. His 
name is escaping me right now. I don't know why. Deron Willis. Uh, yeah, I don't think that they're done with him. Um, I think you look at, you know, Omar Graham, yeah. I think you look at, um, you know, like you said, I, I think Bissanthi is probably the number one on the board right now. But, I, I, you know, for me personally, I, I, I like Martin a ton. I think he'd be a great fit for the defense. Um, yeah, I didn't even uh, mention him. You know, you, you look at Devin Smith out of out of uh, Orlando. There's a lot of guys. I think that board is far from done yet. And, you know, I think it's going to be much different after more more summer camp visits, after after a fall season when coaches can go out and evaluate. I think the board's going to look totally different, period. But I, I think linebacker is, is a position that, you know, I think they're not close to done evaluating. Going to the next segment here, there's been a lot of camps going on. If Flos was here, he would be able to tell us, too, about his time during the 7-on-7 seven seven camp. He spent some time with Mike Norvell and chatting it up uh, during his experience, but he's sadly not with us. But we can kind of go over a little bit. So Florida State had their mega camp, which seemed to be a huge, big-time success with, what, over 3,000 3, kids there right there on the rec field in front of College Town. Uh, they're doing drills with position coaches. And then we, as we know, the most recent ones, the seven on seven and also the big man camp that was inside the IPF for a majority of the time. Seemed like there might be some things coming out of this, maybe out of the big, the big boy camp a little bit, maybe some good news and coming for Florida state that we might need to keep an eye on. As we know, there's guys like Elijah Pritchett. There's also Kashan Sapp. It seems to be kind of leaning in Florida State's ways. Any kind of latest from those camps, if you guys have heard anything? So I would say the mega camp, by all accounts, went extremely well. You know, even though there were, there was a ton of kids, from what I was able to tell, it seemed like everybody was able to get reps and there wasn't like long waiting periods or, or anything like that. Everybody was able to get a chance and – you know, we saw Florida State offer some some recruits that had a good showing out there. And at the same time, I mean, you think about all of the other college coaches that were out there from from across the FBS, and there was E2 schools out there. Um, you know, other – I'm trying to think. Other – I think there might have been an NAI school. But there was just a multitude of different coaches, different personalities. And I think, you know, being able to have everybody out there and just interacting and building relationships – it was bigger than just the performances of the guys on the field. You know, who knows down the line, maybe a coach that was at this camp that Mike Norvell talked to for 15 minutes. Like, I don't know, Chris Thompson retires. He's like, Oh, I talked to this guy at the mega camp. He seemed pretty cool. I'll give him a call and interview him for the position. I mean, it's little things like this and, you know, these relationships could come back and be big. Yeah. It's networking. And, and I've done a couple of interviews with guys that I know that Florida State's not going after. Maybe they talked to him a little bit after. But I just want to get the vibe of the camp. And there's a lot. I talked to a couple of coaches, that, high school coaches that were there, and they were just blown away about the uh, about the way the, the campus ran, about the organization, about the openness of, of, of the coaching staff at Florida State and, and of the coaches in general that were there. Um, you know, you would think that it would be a little bit of a uh, – you know, jumbled mess and maybe some disorganization, but, you know, they ran it really well. It was very, very, very planned out. 
And it was a great opportunity for a lot of these recruits who may not be Florida State material, but get their shot. And, you know, quite a few kids got offers that day from, from schools like a Charlotte or Akron or, 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 or whatnot. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a long, it's a long-term play. Um, also, a short evaluate some kids that they wanted to see. Uh, for 2022, 2023. Um, but, you know, you asked about, like, the SAP and all kind of things. You know, Dustin alluded to it here. Uh, pretty soon, Florida State's going to have a, a string of uh, of long-time leans making decisions. So I think over the next few weeks to, you know, a month, you're going to see Florida State's class uh, grow a little bit and at positions of need. So, you know, the game was a success. Um there was a lot of positivity, a lot of goodwill for for a coaching staff that has been knocked for an inability to recruit Florida. I, I think that's over now, um, just based off, you know, spending time, you know, doing these remote camps uh, before the mega camp. They, they've gone way beyond any realistic need of, of extending olive branches and extending their – their desire to be, you know, a, a destination for high-profile kids in Florida. So I, I think they've done a lot of goodwill. And guess who's doing youth camps now? Danny Diaz. Florida. Mm. Miami. <laughs> copycat. Funny. It's copycat league. This is trying to get on the train. Funny how that works. Jared's telling us that uh, Sam McCall uh, took a visit to UCF, didn't enjoy it. It was for fun. No, nah, I mean, not not even not even worried about that. You know, Sam McCall is locked in, and then, and then Sam McCall is locked in. You look at twenty twenty three, Kwame McLean. You know, very tight with McCall, who's arguably the top one or two DBs in, in, in the country. Definitely, maybe the top cornerback in, in Florida. I mean, you know, we're we're we're, we're getting uh, we're getting serious here now at that point. And McCall also said that he will not visit Florida. That's a big one. That is a big one. formally committed there. Yeah, that's a big one. And everybody was kind of worried about McCall's, you know, uh, he was going to stick with FSU if this was just kind of commit and then weigh out some other options or really be a locked-in guy like Nate just said. So it seemed like I would think the Night Madness might have helped just a little bit more too on that kind of front. You know, he's kind of being a tag teaming a partner with Travis Hunter. Absolutely. As, right long, as long as Travis Hunter is committed, Sam McCall is going to be committed. Write it down. Put it down. And um, when, and, and yeah. you're, you're still getting the tattoo, Nate, right? If Travis Hunter decommits, the NG on your, where are you putting it at? On my ass, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said you're putting um, it on your, wait, your forehead. No, my, my, my butt. Okay. Right, well, well, I'll take it. Um, we'll take it. You know, so Reed Pribble, who do you think is better, Dalvin Cook or Ward Dunn? Yeah, I'm bringing that Ward, up. Yeah, Ward Dunn is my favorite player of all time, but he's not a better running back than than, than Dalvin Cook. He's he's just not. Imagine Dalvin Cook playing behind the offensive line that Ward Dunn had. Dalvin Cook single-handedly carried the team for two and a half years. Yeah. Yes. I don't know about two and a half, but two years for sure. 
dialing me all day long. I mean, I'd luckily to see him in person and play, but like Nate was saying, the offensive line and what he had to work with and the magical things he did, he got I gotta go with Dallin. But this I, I is mean, no I, shot at work. This is no shot at Dunn either. This is no shot. No, Ward Ward Dunn is one of the best running backs in ACC history, one of the best players in Florida State history in, in, in a in a program that's had a lot of greats. Dalvin Cook is just that special. And, and I th- yeah, we're seeing it in, in, in the NFL. You know, it's a shame he plays for the Vikings. Oh, I wish he played for Chicago. <laughs> but, but no, but, but seriously, like, how many yards does he go for behind – an Alabama offensive line or behind Florida State's offensive line in 96, 97. They would have just looked easy. I'm just thinking it. I mean, no, I would have like just back, been. You know, back then, running backs were like Taylor made for the Heisman. Like, he dominates. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. Dustin, any, you're quiet on this one. I mean, you, you guys said it all. Thank Plus, you. I've got Thanks to see for your analysis. Dalvin play. Plus, I've got to see Dalvin play in person, and I mean, man, he he's different, you know. So I'm I'm a little biased. I never got to see work done play, but Dalvin was just different out there. You know, we need to touch on this. It's not in the docket though, but the latest College Football Hall of Fame nominees have been placed. Guy, we were just talking about work done, Marvin Shade Tree Jones, and P Dub. The fact yeah, that former here the Spear alum. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, the fact that Marvin Jones and Peter Work are not in the College Football Hall of Fame it, 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 it is a facade. Marvin Jones, in my opinion, and I'm right on this. Don't don't argue with me. It is the <laughs> best linebacker in college football history. What about Luke don't argue with me. <laughs> Luke I saw, the, I saw that comment yesterday. Where somebody, <laughs> I was like, man, stop. So, so, like I said, CJ, you know, CJ is my boy. But, you know, you know, Marvin Jones played on a defense with a bunch of animals and still put out crazy stats. If he played on a Boston College defense where he's the primary guy, he's getting 177 tackles too. Shout out to uh, Unconquered Talking, CJ and Steve, but you're killing me with that, that CJ. Yo, yeah. Keekley's a better pro. Yo, yo, Keekley's a Hall of Fame talent. But in terms of college linebackers, and Marvin. Different animal. Peter it's Warren crazy. He is not in the College Football Hall of Fame. What? What? I mean, come on, man. Like, I don't understand. I don't really follow, follow the College Football Hall of Fame. It seems like there's a lot of politics involved. The fact that, you know, Peter Org is not in the College Football Hall of Fame, and, and he left college 22 years ago. Come he's on, one of the, And he's one of the most talked about players in this last – in the last couple of years has been mentioned so many times by NFL greats. Uh, Chad Ochocinco just talked about had an argument uh, about him, you know, being one of the best college football players ever. And this man, not even for his position, but ever, and hasn't even been placed ever. in the College Football Hall of yeah, Fame yet. It, it, it's it, it's unreal. If that Florida Gator fan, Dillard's cashier, you know, didn't tattletale on, on, on the Dillard's hookup that everyone got, he wins a Heisman. Yeah. 
That's crazy. I think, yeah, I think it's like you said, political and it's things that maybe are off the field. Who do you think out of these three though, realistically gets in? Is it going to be Marvin Jones? I think, I think for me, I'm saying Marvin Jones or P dub. I don't know. It's tough. Uh, you're, you're muted Langston shoes. If, if, if Peter work and, uh, Marvin Jones don't get in. Just shut the shit down. <laughs> no, seriously. It's a joke. What, what's no. the purpose of a Hall of Fame, right? A Hall of Fame is there to honor the all-time greats, right? Yeah. So why, why are two of the all-time greats not in it? I'm sorry. And, it, it, and as much as I hate Deion Sanders, you know, as much as a jackass as he is, <laughs> it took him a while to get into the college football hall of fame. That's just stupid. It's dumb. It's idiotic. Dumb. Just as it's dumb that Lou just as it's dumb as Leroy Butler's not in the Pro Hall of Fame. Yeah, that is true. That's a that's another good take there. If you got any more rants, give it off. Anything else? You know Travis Hunter's number one in 2021, 2022, and 2023 class. Uh, do you want to talk about the uh, Willie Taggart needed uh, more games? Madden? Taggart needed more games. No. <laughs> he needed he, he needed twenty one less games. <laughs> All right, you, you want to talk about the Kane Madden tweet? Yeah, yeah. Let's go about the uh, whole Kane Madden. Oh yeah, the Kane Madden thing that went down. The whole thing. Everybody was after you. You know, everybody was after you. Which you know for the time. Right, we'll go. We'll go over it. But you know, a lot of we'll, we'll go about. Obviously, Kane Madden he picks Notre Dame. Blah blah. He goes there for about like six hours, and he just already says Notre Dame is going to be it. Uh, Notre Dame swooped in a little bit later at the time for a lot of people. Not only no game day, we are hearing a lot of positive things with FSU Ooh. and the interactions they've been having and the calls, and then once uh, uh, on campus. But whenever Notre Dame stop, was able to swoop in and switch it up, Logan. Logan, Notre Dame swooped in and, and took him. Stop being around the bus. We heard a lot of a lot. The word "a lot of positive stuff" I think would be an understatement. Yeah, yeah. Like we were told, it's done. It's a done deal. He's coming. Yeah. Notre Dame swooped in. It is what it is. But you know, for people to to act like that, you know, they they didn't say the same, or to have. You know, twat waffles from your big three stupid podcast come out and try to call me out on Twitter with screenshots of our Discord. Um, I, I I have no no regrets of what I said because what I said was what happened at the time. I don't think Florida State expected Notre Dame to come in like they did and uh, expected Notre Dame to switch it up as quickly as they did. And, and you know. You know, twenty four seven, and all them guys. I'm gonna say it here. I don't care. We're we're quite quite confident. So let 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 let's not you know switch it up and pretend like oh we, we weren't real sure we were hearing. You know, let's not you know. Come on, man. Be be true. Be original. Be authentic. Don't you know? Don't switch up your fucking crystal balls at the end because you know you want to be right. Be right. <laughs> be right or be wrong. With me, I'm either right or I'm wrong. And I'm going to tell you why I thought I was right or why I'm right. I'm going to tell you why I'm wrong. This is what happened. This is what I was told. That's part of recruiting. But to, to have a little, you know, 
you know, showboy, whatever, you know, put something out there on Twitter, I think it was just ridiculous. And, it, you know, it, it's a shame that, you know, it's come to the point it's come to. But, you know, I, I have no issue standing up for my tweet or for no game days tweets or for our information when, you know, at the time when we were told that, we told that it was done. And there's a lot of confidence even coming into the visit that it, it was going to be sewn up. So let's let's all take a step back and, and, and stop faking and being posers. Going on into the last, that. the last little football segment here before we get to uh, some basketball stuff with the Austin's latest. Real quick, uh, it came today. This has been kind of blowing up with the college football playoff uh, reportedly uh, looking at moving to a 12-team playoff system. So going from 4 to 12, it's a mistake. which is a significant change. What's y'all's first little thought of that? It'd be, a, it'd be a mistake. 12 is too many. Like I, I think most people can agree four is not quite enough. But I feel like if you do 12, just there's so many teams that don't deserve the playoff bonuses and the playoff hype. Like There's not that many great teams that deserve a shot at the championship. That's just my opinion. Um, I, I think eight. Like If you're going to expand it, do six or eight. 12 is too many. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to go from four to twelve? <clears throat> I mean, they're not even going to experiment experiment with anything smaller first. They're just going to go from four to twelve, and they've been doing you know four team format now for this will be the eighth eighth season coming up. So I don't know. I think that's too drastic of a change in my opinion. So I would like to see them try six or eight, and you know maybe maybe if that doesn't work how they see it, maybe explore twelve from there. But four to twelve is just too much for me. If you go twelve, why not just follow the the FPS route and, and have a was it twenty four teams? Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly how many are in the one AA Division two playoffs. But if you didn't go twelve, why stop being alone twenty four? Uh, I think twelve is too much. I think that's when you get one, one and two lost teams that maybe shouldn't be there. I mean, there's a lot of times where the one four games already just blowouts. Do we really mm-hmm. want to see two weekends of blowouts before we get to good games? I think that's. Yeah. I think it's just dumb. I mean, I mean, this year, what what do you see? So yeah, one versus twelve, or you know, one and two get however it's going to be set up. You know, who would have been number twelve this year? They Logan has Brett, uh, Brett McMurphy's tweet up here. Twelve would have been Coastal playing the five seed Notre Dame. Okay, so how that game would have gone? Notre Dame by probably thirty. Mm. <laughs> that would be coastal. Why, why? Why do that? They're trying to look for the storyline then. Mormula. That's yeah. exactly all. I, mean, I, I guess. All I guess the underdog teams get more of a shot. So you know, if you do have a team like Coastal, they get a chance to make the playoff instead of having no chance at all. So yeah, they can't. So it'd be like the same thing as UCF. Like that undefeated UCF team forever is like, oh, we won the national championship that year. Uh, we went undefeated. Well, this this way you put them in the playoff and they get their asses kicked. That's why you think like if you're going to do it, do eight. You, you do five conference champions, two at largest, and then if there's that one really good group of five team, you, you make them that eight seed. 
I agree with Austin. Go eight. Uh, I, I think that every conference winner should be put into it. And then you have your outliers, and then you have your best group of five. I think that's the best way to do it. That way all the big all the big conferences get their cut of the money, and then it gives an opportunity for, you know, a Georgia – Uh-oh. Uh, who, who loses one game to get into it, which is what they want. But also, you know, let's call it what it is. Probably what is deserved, man. Don't, don't get me started. <laughs> I'm going to eat. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at a few of these tweets on here. Um, it's like the earliest decision to officially expand to 12 teams is this upcoming September. I saw a few tweets, too, also. If this were to go in effect, it would begin as early as 2023. So that these last two seasons could be the only four teams in. What do you mean? These would be this would be the last season. Mm, 2023. So you'd still have 2022. Yeah, that's the last four team playoff. No, you'd have in. you have this year and next year is what Logan said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Next year it would start, wouldn't it? 2023 is in two years. I get it, but the playoff, the next playoff that will be held will start in 2022. Okay. Well, you're thinking. 20, of, uh, never mind. Yeah, yeah. When you say 2013 I mean national, it. yeah, when you say 2013 national champions, even though the game was played in 2014 and still the 2013 national champion. Okay. So that's how. Okay. Yeah. You know. That doesn't be quiet. <laughs> Don't be mean to him now. I just, I just wanted to clarify. He's clarifying for those that might have a uh, couple question marks. A disability. Clearly Young saying 2025, 2026, not 2023. I don't know. I, I saw a few things on Twitter. I don't know if you guys also saw it, but I was seeing 2023. It could go as early as then. Might be wrong, but this is early from earlier from today. You may be able to Either way, twelve is too many. Do you think? Do you think this is an exciting day for college football fans if this goes to twelve teams? I mean, I guess in some ways, more football. Like more that takes games. if you really want to get excited about like Iowa State, Cincinnati next year. I mean, so so does that go to like? I thought they play seventeen games. So that does that mean that? They go to a nine conference season, and then one at one you know out of conference game, but two out of go back to an eleven game regular season. You know, I mean, what, what does that look like? That's you what know, I'm wondering. I thought they play seventeen games. I, yeah. I think that removes one to two of your 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 half ass games against uh you know a Savannah State in a. You know, a Florida, Florida State game. I think that jeopardizes that possibly a little, a little bit, but I, I think that you know, I, I'm I, I want to see what it looks like first because I, I don't want to sit here and yeah. go down to ten games and then well, it's showing on here too. I was seeing that the top four seeds also get buys in the first round. So that changes up some certain things too, right there. I don't know. I think there's still a lot more 
it's interesting to keep an eye on. There's going to be a lot of things changing, and we'll be hearing new things. <clears throat> but this is this is a huge yeah. change, gigantic. But it, like, and it seems it like drastic. this is. Yeah, it's drastic, and it seems like it's like literally, kind of almost a done deal. That's what Brett McMurphy's making it sound, and some other places like this is this is done. This is what happened in twenty twenty three. We'll be seeing a twelve team playoff, which makes it pretty interesting. And FSU has a chance now. Florida has a chance. Miami. I was going to say Miami might have a chance, but no. I thought about it. Yeah. John saying he doesn't agree. Don't, don't need to see an increase in the number of teams. Khalil Young. So I think the first three words, just go ahead and that I would just disregard that that thought, whatever follows after that. <laughs> I, think I see that, that one. I think that Josh Sweat, the fact that he was able to play college football and play it at a good rate, it, it is – is uh, a feather in his cap because that, that kid damn, damn near lost his leg. You know, he went from mm-hmm. the number one player in, in his class, stayed a five star, and, and played as a freshman and played well as a, as a freshman. And I, I thought he had a solid career. He was not, he didn't have the career that junior season, Josh Sweat, you'd expect because of the knee injury. But the fact is, he got drafted and he's still in the NFL. So, I'm sorry. That's just ridiculous. He's doing pretty well in the NFL right now. I want to change my name. (laughs) Yeah. It's starting to come after now. We've had a few comments in here. Um, Let's go and do a little bit of basketball here unless anything else comes up in the comments. VZ, we've been keeping up to date with it. Terrence Mann, I got to watch the Dallas Mavericks uh, have meltdowns whenever Terrence Mann was rolling over there uh, last week. But it seems like right now you're looking at Trent Forrest versus uh, Terrence Mann in that series. It's pretty fun to watch. It's cool to see these Knowles out there performing well, too. Only difference is Terrence is actually playing right now compared to Trent, who will only play if it's mop-up duty they're winning by 40 in the playoffs which it's not gonna happen the Clippers are too good of a team to let that happen but it, I'm glad the Clippers are finally realizing hey we have this 6-6 versatile defender who can guard one through five let's put him out there and he's been, he's Terrence has been great for them he's been exactly what they need bringing in you know energy defense hustle you know charisma that team's so bland when you look at Kawhi and Paul George and Reggie Jackson. Hey, you're bringing a guy in Terrence passion. Hey, you're bringing in T who actually has passion, and it's it's something they need. It's not like with Patrick Beverly who's fake hustle. Um, Terrence Mann's actually out there working, and they need it. Um, if they make it past the Jazz, he's going to be a huge reason why because he, he could put good minutes on Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, it's been fun to watch. <laughs> Dila, you still watching basketball after your Clippers lost? I'm not, a, Clippers I'm not a Clippers fan. I mean, uh, Celtics, my bad. <laughs> but yes, I, I got – sorry, Austin, but I got a chance to watch a game seven. And Terrence Mann balled out. I mean, when, it, when, he's, when he's knocking down his jumper, you know, everything comes together for him. Because like you said, you know, the hustle, the defense, he's got that. And then the nights the jumper's on, the Clippers are usually going to – 
win by a lot. He shot 41% from three this season. I don't think a lot of people realize that. I mean, he was he was killing it for them this year. Um, and he still has to be more confident. We saw it at the end of game, what was it, game six? Game Maybe five or game six? I, I think it was game five. I think it was five. Where he, he had a layup. Luka was guarding him in transition. He passed it off to Batum instead, and they lost the game. Terrence I know does the Terrence I know takes that shot. We saw it against Virginia Tech in 2019. We're used to him taking that shot. I don't know why he didn't. Um, and you could see ex- immediately after the play, he was pretty upset that he didn't take that shot. But the Clippers are realizing that he's a guy they have to play. Mm-hmm. It's good to see that kind of energy in the NBA too. But I mean, it helps a little bit more that he's a former Noel. But man, it's cool to see him bring that. It helps even more that he was on here the spear. That is true. Former alum. You got to get him a, a ring. Then we bring him back on. Say NBA champion. But yeah, it's been fun watching him. Let's get Trent. It's going to take a little while, but let's get him in there a little bit more. And same thing with Terrence. You know, he wasn't as big a part of the rotation last season as he is this year. So, you know, the Jazz, they've got some good guards on that roster. And I think Trent is going to get his chance. Especially in the playoffs when, when Conley goes out, they can push Mitchell to the one. You know, they, they don't really need another point guard out there. Um, and Trent still has to, you know, he has to work on his jump shot a lot, especially in that offense that heavily relies on three pointers. He's got to be able to shoot it. So another offseason where he can develop, I think that'll be huge for him. There was some news earlier during the production meeting about a uh, big-time Florida State target uh, with Trey Mitchell. We've talked a few times about him on here, VZ, and which would you've been very excited if Florida State's able to land him. That'd be a huge get for the Knowles. But it seems like he was able to make a visit uh, to, uh, to Leonard Hamilton. Big time, big time right here. Something to Huge. keep an eye on. Huge. He's the best transfer left on the market, regardless of position. Average 17-9 while shooting 38% from three last year. It, this is a big time player. You know, got to Tallahassee, no one really knew about it. We're just now seeing today that he visited Florida State last weekend, visiting another school this weekend, and then a decision's supposed to come, hopefully this time next week. Um, it's a very weird recruitment. Um, for those that have kept up with it, he really wants to play for his stepdad, who's also looking for a job right now. I don't see Florida State doing that. I don't see Florida State saying, hey, we need this kid so bad, let's bring on his stepdad as well to be a coach or be an assistant or whatever. Can't make him the water boy. But I mean, the kid's, the kid's <laughs> so talented. Like a, like a GA? He's a stepdad. Student assistant. Sony Orzeron, something like that. I'd have to look it up again. Could he? They can't give him a role and name only? I, w- I wish. Can. Yeah, so it's. Coach, it's, it's Tony, his can name is Tony out? Bergeron, who was an assistant at UMass. Oh. Can, he, can he give out posters? <laughs> like when fans come in? We'll see. In a, halftime show. Mitchell released the top six a couple weeks ago of Florida State, Illinois, LSU, Georgia, uh, Bryant, and I forget the sixth. But at this point, I don't see Georgia getting them. 
I don't see LSU getting him, given that they just got Efton Reed. Uh, Illinois has gotten a few players. So we'll see. I, I, right now, I think he's Florida State's to lose, given that they got the very important first visit. We'll see where he goes this weekend, whether it's Bryant or whether it's whatever the school's on his list. I forget off the top of my head. Um, we'll see what that we'll see what that second visit is this weekend, and people will be watching him closely next week. He did just get the very important CY follow. Uh oh, it's like the K camp for football. I don't know about K camp. It's more, it's more like when um, I don't know. I don't know a good way to, to compare it. Well, damn, screw you then. Yeah, I, I don't know what to compare. <laughs> well, it's not like with football where you have certain position coaches after certain players yeah. or in a certain area. Yeah. Know, CY is the main recruiter for Florida State basketball. True. I'm just wondering, like, you know, you've got a grad transfer putting out a, a top schools list. Like, have we gone too far at this point? I don't think so. Recruiting too much? No, I, I, I think too far – has been the edits for camp visits. <laughs> That's too far. There's edits for camp visits now? Or list or, you know, uh, announcements of camp visits or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I, n- I never did my graphic during my uh, camp visits when I went down to U- U- USF. When I faced against Derwin James, I faced no, I faced against Derwin James when I was a sophomore in high school. Nate, and I tell you that one of your favorite guys, Derwin James, he didn't want any any part of me though on my side of the field. Wish I could have seen it. You wish you could have been there. Oh, oh, there was ESPN was fighting for rights, NBC, uh, Bleacher Report. Everybody wanted to be there to see the matchup between the skinny ass white kid in front of me with, with with with. 50-year-old woman legs. <laughs> 50-year-old woman. I still think it's freaky that you look at my legs. and you Karen like, legs. He, uh, Nate Greer dissects my legs. Like He really does no, that. It's, it's, it, it, it's that. You post a picture online, and it's what pops out to me is your woman legs. My woman legs? I don't think I have woman legs. I, had, I was doing 315 squats earlier. What yeah. were you up to? What were you doing? Eating soup. <laughs> oh god, that was oatmeal. Well, yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, oatmeal. <laughs> that was oatmeal. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's my porridge for for my night night time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you already had your diaper changed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I thought you had soup at like five p.m. Cause that's when, you know, that, that crowd eats. And then at, yeah. at about seven, you have your oatmeal because it kind of lows you down. You have a little no, glass of milk. It's and you go to bed. O'clock, I have my early dinner special and like seven o'clock. I have my, uh, you know, my, my, my Jared call. And then, you know, I'm way past the bedtime right now, you know, <laughs> I can't believe we're keeping you up this late. This is, this is the first time in years. <laughs> I'm joking. No, I'm not. Um, unless anybody else has anything else, I'm trying to see if there's a comment on here. Let's we can we can answer this last thing real quick. What this is from Khalil? What is our record if Francois doesn't get hurt in 2017? I think Florida State wins at least eight or nine games. The fact that we barely barely lost to Clemson because of Blackman supports that. 
what do you guys think? In my opinion, I think it hurt. I mean, obviously, you lose Francois, you're throwing in a true freshman with James Blackman, and you also had Jimbo kind of out the door, thinking about going out the door. Nah. I think if Francois stays healthy, that whole kind of storyline is interesting to me. I don't think it changes that much, honestly. I'm going to pull that schedule. I think by that point, the culture had turned toxic. Um. You know, in hindsight, in hindsight, that um, that uh, that team just wasn't moving in the right direction. Um, uh, I think that you you look at the the quarterback and you got it. Yeah. Um. You know, so I think that they still beat. I think they go zero and one, one and one, two and one, three and one. Three and two, four lose and a two. No, they lose to Clemson. Oh, I think they Where lose to Bama, Clemson. They lose to Bama, Clemson, and um, Louisville. So, Francois so flips that Boston College three. game around thirty-five yeah. to three. Yeah, man, that 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 team was mentally shot by that point early. That was at Boston College, right? Yeah. Yep. Was it that, that, that bandana game? Yeah, yeah, it was. You look at that schedule before Boston College. You know, Florida State with Francois might be undefeated. Well, except for Alabama. One loss going into that game. I mean, it was the same way in real life, so does it really matter? I, I, I think they go 9-3. I guess I mean, without Miami, I forgot. I forgot. I was just going sideways. Never mind. Um, I don't know why it doesn't go up and down. It's dumb. Never yeah, mind. it's kind of confusing. Google. It took me a second. Really, I think the only one that would probably change is Miami. Eat one of Miami or, or Louisville. One of those two. What about NC State. Yeah. Scroll up. Scroll up. Yeah. Yeah, they beat NC State. Two, two of those three would probably change. I don't know all three would, but two of the three would. So I'll it, say was all, but, it was all one possession games. I, I think that's nine and three because of, of who you have on the team. Um, you know, just they still had skill there. Uh, by that point, the 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 team, you know, the the lack of accountability w- was already there. The just uh, bullshit had already seeped in and was already part of the culture. Mm-hmm. Akers was a true freshman, but you also had Jack West Patrick as a veteran running back. God, you had so many running backs. Amir Rasul was there. Ryan Green. Vickers was also there. Zaquandre White. Man. Uh, so I had Auden Tate. I, I wish that it would have worked out for, for White. <clears throat> he was really good at, 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 in high school, dude. Watching him down here. Like he was good. Mm-hmm. No, it just yeah. hasn't worked out for him. Nope. You also had Tamara Ontario as a true freshman, Ryan Izzo, who's done pretty well so far in the NFL for himself mm-hmm. with the Patriots. Landon Dickerson was still enrolled, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> I 
No comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> that game made the that game made the right decision. Yeah. Pretty sure Corey Durden was a true freshman that year. Woo. Corey Durden. <laughs> and of course you can't forget Derwin James, though. That Derwin was Marvin James. Wilson's true freshman season. 2017. Mm-hmm. You also had Christmas too on that defensive line. Mm-hmm. Trey Marshall was in his 18th year at FSU. Jacob Peel, right? Was he still there? I think so. Yeah. Brian Burns. Jackson, snapping necks out there. <laughs> I, I think they go nine and three. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel pretty confident of that. You got true freshman Hamsa was just getting enrolled too. Yeah, ton, tons of talent. Kando was running in as a true freshman. Derek Noddy, Josh Sweat. Like you said, D. Lou, Marvin Wilson, a true freshman coming in. And Stephen Gabbard. You can't think about – you can't forget Stephen Gabbard either. Long snapper. There you go. Georgia, Georgia Rod took my next point. You know, they probably probably get Justin Fields. Oh, that could be true. It's painful to look back on it. <laughs> it is kind of it tough, man. It is kind of tough. Back when we were hopeful. But alas, here we are. <laughs> Thank you for that- the boosters and and – Whatever his face was, I don't can't remember his name. I don't really care to the whole old head of the the Brewster program, Alfred. You know him and uh, Jimbo having a, a dick size. Not Alfred. And, you know, um, yeah, here, here we are. Look where we're at. We're here on a Thursday night with our friends having a good time on a podcast live streaming to God knows where it's going. Talking recruiting, talking Knowles, talking basketball, talking NBA. I mean, what else is there to look forward to on Thursday nights, Nate? Bed. Sleep. <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> More oatmeal. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Nate, Nate goes with it for a little bit, then he kind of gets ticked off about it. Oh, man. Well, this is probably the best of time to end this before Nate starts cussing me out or tweeting about me. He could tweet about me here soon. No, no. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Yeah, we're wasting, wasting my characters. Oh, true. But, uh, yeah, I think that's that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for everybody hanging on with us tonight. I know we started a little bit later, and then we also unveiled and debuted the new Streaming setup, still kind of getting used to a little bit. If the audio sounds a little bit different, it might take a couple weeks to get used to, uh, you know, editing and also cutting and all that kind of stuff. But this is kind of the new wave. It's been really fun being able to interact with you guys live while we're on here. It's It's been, it, it's nice. It adds a different kind hey, of element to it. Make sure y'all, I'm, I'm going to take every week some, um, you know, tweet me or put in the Discord, either one. I'm going to take votes on what my name should be each week. I'm, I'm going to leave it up to Greer. listeners. I vote Nate Greer. Of course you will, because you're a chicken shit. <laughs> Your name doesn't even show I already know what me. next week is going to be. I already I got next week, so we'll, we'll look at, at at two weeks out. All right. Well, Nate, so yeah, we'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll be live again next Thursday night. 
Hopefully, we were hope we we're hoping to have some guests this weekend or this uh, this week. But next week, we're going to have on maybe two, at least one, but maybe two current FSU commits to kind of give us the rundown on the midnight madness and recruiting and Mike Norvell and the relationships and all that kind of jazz. So look forward to an exciting episode next week. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, Google Play. Appreciate all of y'all for listening. If you're listening on YouTube right now, hit that like button. Subscribe. We're posting almost daily now and we're going live at least once a week. So definitely appreciate all y'all hanging out with us. Y'all be good. See you guys in the Discord and uh, have a great rest of y'all's week. Peace. Same color t-shirt. Mama told me not to sell work.